in the house of God. Reading from Acts, the second chapter, reading at verse number 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing but is the third hour of the day. But this is that which was, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass that in the last days, said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Let's read that verse again. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You may be seated. No matter how schooled or how learned a theologian might be, no matter what his theories or what his opinions might be, he cannot argue with the fact that the church was born, the New Testament church, on Pentecost. He'll have to come down to that point. He might not agree with what went on there. He might not agree with what transpired in that great city, but he'll have to agree that the birth of the church took place in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And so when we're looking at the Word of God, I want to preach maybe not a new thought, probably has been preached over and over again, but I want to take some time today because I think every one of us need it. We need a real, real personal Pentecost. Every one of us do. We might be Pentecostal or apostolic from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. When I'm talking, I'm talking about an experience that every one of us can possess. Something that turns us inside out and upside down and lets us realize that we're no longer our own, that we are bought with a price. So according to the word of the Lord in verse number one of the second chapter of the book of Acts, it gives a display of what took place on the day of Pentecost. It told of how that there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house within they were sitting. And there were dwellers from all over the place that had gathered together in the city of Jerusalem that day. According to the word of God in the upper room that was gathered, there was approximately 120 people that had come together to seek the word of God and to find what God had in store for them. From the time that Jesus lifted his hands and blessed them on definite and told them to go back to Jerusalem and tarry until they be endued with power from on high. There was approximately 100 people there when he lifted his hands and breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. But from that time to the day of Pentecost, there was 380 of them that felt like it was not essential 
and it was not necessary to go on back to that city and find that special place to get an experience for themselves. Being with the Lord, they felt like was sufficient enough. Being there with the miracle worker, the blind man healer, that leopard cleanser, that risen Christ, they felt like that that was all it took. If they could just be there with him, everything was all right. May I say that lots of times we have butted head on head with Jesus Christ, but not to come to full salvation. The Lord has talked to many of us at times, but we have not went on to get everything that God has in store for us. But the Bible said that there was at least 120 approximately that went to that upper room and sought the Lord. Somebody said, preacher, if you got to seek for it, it's really not happened. If God was going to give it to you, why didn't he just dump it on everybody? May I say tonight, friend, that God does not want puppets, but neither does he want anybody who will take his spirit for granted. For he wants to give the Holy Ghost to those who are desirous of his power. But we find here on the day of Pentecost that these folks were earnest in prayer. They were seeking the Lord for the promise that God said, that I'll not leave you comfortless, but I'll send you another comforter. And friend, they were waiting and seeking God for that old-fashioned experience that comes from the Lord. May I say today that many folks have stood in the precipice of time, and they've stood there waiting for something to fall on them without seeking, without looking, and without longing. But may I say, friend, we need to be desirous of the move of God's Spirit. We have got to want God. He's not going to force himself upon us, and neither is he going to spiritually rape us. But friend, when he comes, he's going to come with a demonstration of power for those who want a personal experience with God, those who won't turn in and turn on to the power and promise of Jesus Christ. These men had went there, friend, and all of a sudden with the 120, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible said it filled that house wherein there were a city. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon each one of them. And they began to glorify and magnify God. Somebody said, preacher, but that was back there almost 2,000 years ago. Friend, I want to say something now that the Holy Ghost is just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. People might have changed. Attitudes might have changed. Living styles might have changed. But honest people are still getting an honest experience that God has. This thing is genuine. You can't buy it at Kmart. You can't get it at Walmart. You can't get it at Outlaws. This thing comes from God himself. And when you get it, my friend, it's going to make a difference in you. It's going to set your feet a dancing hallelujah. Good God Almighty. I'm telling you, we need to bump our head into the glory and grace of God Almighty and get a personal experience that we can have. I'm telling you, when I was a boy, we didn't have nothing hardy. We was raised in a poor family. The first bicycle I ever caught, I dug it out of the dump. It didn't have any tires on it. It didn't have any brakes on it. It didn't have any chain guard on it. But I'm telling you what, you thought I'd got me a brand new 10-speed. I didn't want nobody to touch it. That was my bicycle. Bicycle. I fought my brothers over it. I said, keep your dirty hands off of it. That's mine. And friend, when you get God and he becomes personally yours, you won't let the devil attack you. You'll say, bless God. That's my experience. I've got it. I've got to keep it. I can't let go of it. Leave it alone. It's a personal 
experience that only God can give. You say, but preacher, I'm Pentecost. But may I say personally in your heart, are you really Pentecost? In your heart, are you really saved? In your heart, do you really have a power? In your heart, is your life been changed? Or are you going through the motions? My God, we find in the Word of God that these men received and these women received a spirit that came upon them to change their life. Men that stood around were confounded and they were confused because they heard them speak with other tongues. They were glorifying God. Men who were not born in a certain area were speaking a language of another area. They had never seen anything like that in their life. Oh, church, I feel like today that we're apostolics all right. But when we come to the doors of this building, we need to say, I don't care what merit does. And I don't care what Billy does. But I've got a personal experience with God. And before this service is over, I'm going to generate some worship of my own. I want to get some praise of my own. i got a shout of my own. I want to glorify God myself. Because I've got an experience that nobody can give me except God. It is a personal experience. These folks looked at them. We look back sometime longingly at early Pentecost. And we say, oh my God, if we could go back there. Why in the world do you want to go back there? There was no air conditioning. There was no cars with power steering. As a matter of fact, you either walked or rode on a donkey. Amen. Or just rode a cantankerous camel. But now you can live in an air-conditioned house and drive an air-conditioned car and wear heart shafter and march suits. Hallelujah. And wear Freeman shoes. You can comb your hair just right. You can wear nice dresses. Everything you want. But you can still have the same experience that they received on the day of Pentecost if you'll just get personal with it. My God, you got to get personal with it. Hallelujah, when you sing the song, mine, 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 Jesus is mine, you need to mean it. You need to mean it. I said you need to mean it. When you sing, thank God he's mine, you need to mean it from your heart. I'm talking about something personal, not something that somebody else has got, but something personal, something that's real. Hallelujah, when you join the Moose Club, everybody else has the same righteous membership as you do. When you become a Mason and you go up to the 32nd degree Mason or 33rd or whatever the highest is, there's other people that have the same decree. You're sharing the same thing that they've got. But when you become a child of God, hallelujah, you don't have to share somebody else's Holy Ghost. But friend, you can have a touch of your own. You don't have to say, bless God. I've got, amen, part of his. But you can say, I've got all God's got to give me. This is a personal experience. That's why I'm different. That's why when I come to church, when I shout, I shout different. I run different. I sing different. But this is personal with me. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because in this experience that only God can give, this thing's real. And it's mine. I saw a sign the other day said, you touching my truck, I'll bust your face. Hallelujah. You ever seen that? Amen. I love my truck. You touching my truck, I'll bust your face. Why, that old boy thought that truck was personal. I'm telling you, friend, the Holy Ghost is real. The Holy Ghost is genuine. The Holy Ghost is not something that was concocted in a laboratory somewhere and had to be tried out on animals to see if it worked. God brought this straight out of the glory world of heaven and poured it on the hearts of human beings and give them an infilling of power. That's when they came out of that upper room.
true. They were staggering and reeling and rocking under the Holy Ghost. How long has it been since you let your personal experience get you so drunk you couldn't hardly stand up? How long has it been since you let the personal experience with God get all your burdens and washed them away till you felt like you was walking on a cloud? I said, this thing is personal. I said, it's personal. And I was a little old boy that fell in love with the pretty little girl. He wasn't knee high to a grasshopper. Little bitty old fellow. And when he saw the big old boy fall in love with the same girl, he walked up and was ready to throw a hook and hit him right in the knee because he felt like that was his personal girl. We understand that the experience of God is a living reality. Glory be to God. I was reading the other day that Mormonism teaches that there are some sins that the blood of Jesus Christ could not cover. Hallelujah. I'm here to say that the blood of Jesus Christ can cover any sin. It does not matter what it is. When Jesus died, he died for all. Come on, he said, whosoever will, let him come. God's saying, I've got a personal experience for you. That's why I like to see young ladies shout. That's why I like to see young men shout. That's why I like to see them weep. I like to see mom and dad get out of business with God because there's an experience. I said there's an experience. That's that you can get from God. And the thing about it is you don't have to wait till you get a group together before that experience works. It'll work in your home. It'll work on the job. Friend, it'll work riding down the road in your truck. The Spirit of God will be right there. I know folks thought I'm crazy before riding down the road. I'll be going down the road, have that hand up in the air, and I'll be saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody that passes goes, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm saying thank you, God. Thank you, God. I've rode my lawnmower across the yard at church. I've been mowing that yard, and I felt that personal experience. Get with it. I felt a little hand up. Say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Here comes old Farmer Brown. Yes, sir. How you doing, Reverend? Praise God. He didn't know it, but I was exercising a personal experience that I had from a very personal God who saved me in a very personal way, who delivered me from some very personal sins that made a difference in my personal life. Good God Almighty, I mean, it changed me. It changed me. You say, can a man who's a cursor, a liar, a cheat, an adulterer, a fornicator, a man who is not good within himself, some folks have not went to that extreme. Some folks have never smoked a cigarette. Some folks have never said a cuss word. Sister Willis never in her life has she ever said a cuss word. She has never tasted a cigarette. She has never had any alcohol beverage in her mouth. But I've often heard her testify that I had to have an experience with God. It did not matter because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I had to have a personal experience. I had to have it. Nah, somebody said, you don't need it. Oh, yes, you do. The Bible said that after all these men marveled, there was Corinthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, and Judean, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asian, Tigris, Pamphylia, and Egypt, Libya about Cyrene, and the strangers from Rome, and Jews, and proselytes, and Cretes, and Arabians. And they said, man, we hear these folks 
speak in our own tongue wherein we were born. How in the world can this be? But then Peter went on to say in verse number 14, Hallelujah, standing up with the eleven, he said, Ye men of Judea, and all of ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and brethren, to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But he said, This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I said, I pour it out on all flesh. I pour it out on young. I pour it out on old. I pour it out for no teenagers. I pour it out on grandpa too. This thing's personal. Hallelujah. When you mess with the Holy Ghost, you're messing with my personal experience. Hallelujah. My God. Oh, but preacher, I don't think it's that good. You don't have the experience yet. But I don't think it, religion can be that real. Religion sometimes can be a farce. But a personal Pentecost in your own life can be a genuine experience. But friend, you'll never shy away from it. But preacher, I don't think it can be that happy. You can't unless you get the Holy Ghost. But preacher, I don't think it can be that feeling, that much feeling in anything. You know why? Because you've never tried it. Somebody said, don't knock it till you try it. Why don't you get the Holy Ghost and find out? Why don't you let God fill you and find out? Why don't you let God redeem you and find out? Find out how personal it is. Mm, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. This thing will make a difference in Hallelujah. Brother Carl Ballesteros several years ago, he said there's an old boy, he's in Chicago and he come up to some railroad tracks and said he stopped because it was a bad track. And this guy pulled up behind him, said he just laid on his horn and laid on his horn and laid on his horn. Brother Ballesteros said, finally when I got ready to take off, I felt somebody pecking on the window. And said when I rolled down the window, this guy just put his hand through the window said he grabbed my tie and drew back his fist. He's getting ready to punch me in the face. He said, just so happened I was in a hurry that day and put on a clip-on tie. Said about the time he went to jerk my head around, that old tie just popped off in his hands. Hallelujah, he said he shook the tie, looked at it, threw it down, got in his car and drove off. He said, I think my personal experience come into action right then and there. If it hadn't been for God, he said, I'd have got my brains knocked out. tell you a personal experience. This thing's personal. A friend of mine was working a job and a guy all the time, they cussed him. They gave him all kinds of fits. He wasn't no little guy either. Arms like saw logs. So one day the old boy cussed him and ran at him and walked up and slapped him. He just grabbed the old boy, threw him on the ground, jumped on top of him, drew back with his fist and said, see what I could do to you if I didn't have the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, personal experience. This ain't real, buddy. Hallelujah. How in the world can you come to church so much? Because it's personal with me. When I was going with Sister Willis, I'd hitchhike 23 miles one way. It didn't matter, friend, if it was 80 or if it was 60 below. I was in love with her, and I had a personal thing for her, and I wanted to see her. I didn't care what stood in my way. Please pick me up one night. About 2 o'clock in the morning. 14 below zero. I was blue. 
They said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. They said, you're going to freeze to death. Where have you been? Been down my girlfriend's house. They said, we got news for you. You're going back to your girlfriend's house. And if you leave that place tonight, we're going to take you to jail. You're going to die. They took me up there and rang the doorbell. My daddy-in-law come to the door and he said, yes. He done thought I got in trouble. And he said, what are you doing? You left here three hours ago. I know I was standing behind that sign up there with that 40-degree blow wind blowing. I knew where I was. He didn't have to tell me where I was or how long I'd been gone. I knew every minute of it. You said, would you do it again? I sure would because I was in love with that gal. Hallelujah. Still am, bless the Lord. It was personal with me. Somebody said, I wouldn't do it. You know why you wouldn't do it? Because you didn't love her like I loved her. But friend, when I fell in love with her, there was no price too big to pay. There was no sacrifice too big to make. And when you get a experience with God, that's a personal experience. You can talk about what they got on Pentecost, but let's talk about what you can get right now. Let's talk about what will happen right now if you let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. My, oh my. What do you mean? I'm telling you, God can do something for you. You say, but Brother Willis, I'm a thinker. I've got to think this thing through. There's a lot of folks thinking and died thinking. Jesus didn't say, do you think I'm able to do this? He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? If you'll notice in the reading of the Word of God that Peter said, on over in Acts the second chapter, verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But you say that was just for them back then. Wait a minute. The Bible said, goes on in verse number 39, For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Personal experience. You see, we have been programmed to modern Christianity that we don't feel like that God's still doing what he used to do. There have been so many folks who have made a farce out of the power of God, who have made a mockery out of it. Men like Peter Popoff, who is a nationally known evangelist, who put a little receiver in his ear and his wife had a little transmitter and she would sit behind stage and tell him about who was sick and he would go give them their name and everything. He made a farce out of the Word of God. He made a farce out of the plan of God. I'm telling you, I'm not asking you to believe Peter Popoff and neither I'm asking you to believe A.A. Allen who died a drunk, but I'm asking you to believe the Word of God because the Word of God said it's unto you and your children, them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm telling you, it's personal. You can have it. It is yours. And I'll tell you one thing about it. You don't have to pay no income tax on it. Hallelujah. They say one thing they can't tax you for is insurance, and I say another thing they can't tax you for is assurance. Marty, it's absolutely ours, personal. But I don't know. I don't know whether I want it or not. You mean to tell me if somebody offered you a difference between life and death, you would take death over life? You mean to tell me if somebody said, 
You can have the real Rembrandt or an imitation. You take the imitation. If somebody told you that you could take the Mona Lisa home with you, the genuine, and there was an imitation, you just choose whichever one you wanted. You'd be a fool to choose the imitation. Friend, I'm saying today, men are fools to choose denomination over salvation. They are fools to take what Granny had if what Granny had was not enough to be saved. They are fools to take tradition when tradition will not get you to heaven. It takes Bible salvation and a personal experience with God. Why in the world don't you get a personal experience? We can talk about their experience on Pentecost. And we can talk about our experience today. Hear me. I feel like that God has a personal experience for every one of us. You say, but Brother Willis, you were probably raised in a religious home. I was not. I preached my mother's funeral here just last May, a year ago, May. My mother died unprepared to meet God. I preached her funeral and two or three times in the funeral I could not proceed. I had to stop and weep because I knew her heart wasn't right with God. She had not obeyed the plan. She had not took advantage of the book. And I had to spin my head and bat my eyes and I wept and I could not even continue to preach until several seconds later then I was able to continue. But oh God, I wish that mom had what I got. I wish mom could have an experience like I've got. My dad's still living. I wish dad could get a personal experience with God. But dad's been programmed by modern Christianity that you don't have to live for God to be saved. That you don't have to be faithful to God to be saved. That if you just believe, somebody said, but Brother Witness, didn't the Bible say that it shall come to pass that whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Absolutely. But friend, when you call on the name of the Lord, you're going to do it like the Bible said in repentance. What a baptism in Jesus' name. And God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Personal experience. I said personal experience. Hallelujah. God will give you a personal experience that will make a difference. Philip went down to the city of Samaria preaching the word of God in the 8th chapter of the book of Acts. He poured out the moving of repentance in that place. Those folks were baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. But as of yet, they had not completed their experience with God. Amen. But when Peter and John came down and they laid hands on them, all of a sudden they got an experience of their own. God filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hey, listen, I love to throw my head back when the Spirit of God moves on me. And I love to let the Spirit of God speak through me. Somebody said, I got the Holy Ghost. I can speak in tongues anytime I want to. I can't. I can't. Because the Bible said when you speak in tongues, it's as the Spirit gives utterance. My Lord. Mm. Peter went to the household of Cornelius in the 11th chapter of the book of Acts. Cornelius was a just man, a righteous man, a praying man. Cornelius was a man who sought God. But as of yet, Cornelius had not received the experience that God wanted him to receive. 
And may I cite instance after instance in the Word of God. And the Bible said in the book, the 11th chapter, amen, or rather the 10th chapter uh, of the book of Acts, praise God, when the Spirit of God began to fall and the glory of God began to move, while Peter yet spake the word, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost fell on Cornelius and his household. They received the power of God. Somebody told me one time, said, Brother Willis, the only ones that got the Holy Ghost were the apostles. I said, if that's true, were Cornelius and all of those apostles? They said, but Brother Willis, he said, they come down and they laid hands on them. I said, listen, man, they all got the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost. They got a personal experience passing through the upper coast of Corinth. Amen. Came upon certain disciples. What did he ask them? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? What was he saying? Have you had a personal Pentecost? I'm telling you what, friend. We've all got to have the experience. And he said, unto what were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized unto John's baptism. But he said, John barely baptized under, under repentance, saying, there's one coming after me whose shoot I says, I'm not worthy to stoop it loose. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire not many days hence. Amen. He commanded them to be baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, friend, they got the Holy Ghost and they speak in other tongues. That's an experience that everybody can have. You say, but Pentecost has been dug through the mud. No, it hasn't. Modern religion has been put down the gutters of life, but salvation is as pure as it ever was. Hallelujah. Just as pure as it ever was. Have you, my friend, had a personal Pentecost? Now you can sit back and talk about the second chapter of Acts. You can talk, my friend, about the 8th chapter, the 10th chapter. You can talk about the 19th chapter. But let me ask you a question. What about the chapter in your life? Do you have the Holy Ghost? The same Spirit, the Bible said, that raised Jesus Christ from the grave shall one day quicken your mortal body. The same Spirit that raised Him. But I don't need it. Yes, you do. For the Bible said, without the Spirit of Christ, you, my friend, are none of His. But I'm a good person. Being good isn't good enough. There was a young man who came to Jesus. He asked him, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. He said, of which? The Lord began to name them, and he said, all these I've kept from my youth up. Jesus looked at him and said, but you have one problem. You're rich. Go sell all you have. Give it to the poor. And come and follow me. The Bible said, but the young man went away sorrowfully. Why? Because he did not want a personal experience over his riches. He loved his riches more than he loved God. So what is it keeping you from being a Christian? What is it stopping you from having a personal Pentecost? 
What is it that's changed in your heart to the place that you feel like that you don't need it? For Peter said, For this promise is unto you, your children, them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What makes you think that you don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name? When every convert in the New Testament, after the baptism of John, and John barely baptized under repentance, what makes you think that you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins? What makes you think you don't need the Spirit of the Lord? Friend, today you do. You do. You mean, Brother Willis, I'm lost without it? Yes, you are. In plain words, you've got to be born again. You need a personal Pentecost. Maybe there's somebody in this building today who needs one. Maybe there's somebody in this day who's sick and tired of being like you are, who would like to have an experience with Jesus Christ. Why don't you let God give you a personal Pentecost?